Welcome to Beyond the Silo, grain marketing tips for growers. In our previous episode, we started to delve into grain contracts, those important binding agreements between you and the buyer. Contracts exist to enable trade and to protect everybody involved. Most participants in the grain trade are trying to do the right thing. And while things can sometimes go badly, there are some things that can help ensure clarity and also protect you. To discuss what those are, I'm joined in the Grain Producers SA studio by independent agricultural consultant, Jonathan Wilson. Jonathan, thanks for your time. Thanks, Drew. Jonathan, if I was a grower and I was ready to enter into a contract and I was happy with who I'm dealing with, what things do I need to consider next? Assuming that you're happy with your counterparty, you're happy with your production risk, there's a number of things that I think are important for growers to consider. First of all, it's a contract. So is there room for negotiation? I can't imagine you going into a car dealership and not asking for some sort of discount. So why wouldn't you do the same whenever you're selling $10,000 worth of grain? Maybe you can do better spreads. Maybe you can get different payment terms. Maybe you can get an extra month put on the uh, delivery contract, or maybe you could be just asking them to price match or for another 50 cents a ton. The only thing that's guaranteed is that if you don't ask, you definitely won't get. And sometimes the traders will have flexibility and sometimes they won't. But again, you've got to at least have a crack because it is your money that you're talking about. So it's worthwhile pushing through on. On that point, if you don't ask, you don't get. You're a big one on systems and notes. Mm. I'm assuming, well, if you've asked, make sure you keep a track record. Absolutely. So one of the really important things you need to do is keep notes and uh, get a day book or get a diary. You write on a scrap of paper and then translate it into the book later. And things that you need to remember, who did you speak to, the time you spoke to them, details of the call. If you write it down every time you sell grain or talk to someone about an existing contract, having that written record is incredibly important. And if you can get emails from the counterparty, that's pretty good too. You know, Make sure you keep a record of all these things and just in case something goes wrong. And that way it also helps you to keep track of your obligations as well. So whenever you enter into a contract, you'll get that contract detail sent through to you. You'll have a hard copy or a soft copy of it. It's going to be really important to check the details. Jonathan, that was actually going to be my next question. We all talk about the dreaded fine print, Mm. but that um, is actually really important about making sure your responsibilities, I imagine, and what you're being offered as well. Yeah, look, you need to check the details. And that means, unfortunately, you need to check all the details. And if there's a discrepancy in something or you're uncertain about something, you have to ask. Now, GTA rules say that you can do that immediately, which is in within three business days of the date of the contract. So you've got a number of things that you need to make sure that you're clear about. You need to be clear about your obligations and about their obligations and about what rules are being followed if something goes wrong. You know, you look at the GTA trade rules, they can tell you some of the definitions that are important. So if you see, you know, as it comes on the contract... You need to go and understand what that means. So you can go to the GTA trade rules, the October 2019 trade rules on the Grain Trade website and look up what these different terms means, whether it's as it comes or whether it's prompt or what the payment terms mean and so on. Go and have a look there and make sure that you're talking the same language. That fine print, especially I assume if you're selling at the time of harvest, that can be a lot to go through. Yeah, look, I guess once you've dealt with that particular buyer once, they generally tend to keep the same fine print. 
But again, it's worthwhile just checking those major things. If you're doing it harvest, the risks are very different because you'll know what you've got and you know where it is. So you don't have the same level of risk around your obligation because you know what you've got. And you're selling to someone who's going to transfer you the money very shortly. That's really important. Again, keep a track of what you've sold, who you've sold it to, when you've sold it, and when you're expecting to get paid. And then make sure it's hit your bank account. And you look at things in those trade rules, you look at the tolerances that you're allowed. Now, again, you've got this immediately, which is what GTA says, three business days from the date of contract. You don't need to sign that contract because, remember, the contract could be verbal. You could do it over the phone. It's good practice to sign that contract and send it back. So that's a, that's a good thing to do. And it's a good discipline for growers to have. But I understand growers who say, well, there's no point in doing that because it doesn't mean any different. And it doesn't, but it's just good practice to say, yep, make sure you've got this contract and make sure you put it in the book. For me, I always used to make sure that whenever I signed the contract was the last thing that I did or signed that confirmation, even though I didn't have to, I always made sure it was the last thing I did that meant that I had everything down in the book and I had full knowledge of what I had to do as a trader. Sorry, just to be really clear about that then, you were saying the contract, the actual physical contract, was almost supplemental to the fact that I've already agreed to yep. it over the phone. Yep. So regardless of the fact that I haven't signed it... Still got a contract. Yeah, so that's not an out clause. It's just nope. leaving it in the corner of the office and going, no, right. I'm not going to watch that's a really important distinction. Yeah, look, yeah, you obviously need to get legal advice if you're doing these sort of things. But from a, a trade point of view, once you've agreed to the contract, you've created all those elements, you're legally able to do it. There's an offer and an acceptance and a consideration and terms and conditions. You've got a contract, you've agreed to that. And so you've got an obligation, but you take, keep a track of, of everything, keep a track of all your contracts. One thing that I always loved, and I know that there are traders out there who love it, is when growers give a contract number back. So the trader might give you contract ABC, and they love it when the grower comes back and says, my contract number is 123. So that's just clearly showing you are very systematic, and this yeah. is the way you're keeping track. Yeah. yeah, I would encourage growers, if they wanted to do that, to print off a heap of contract number six from the GTA website. That's the grower contract. And use those if, as your default. So you're writing a contract back to the trader. So you're agreeing contract terms. You know, I think that's something that would be a good discipline for growers to have. And again, even if you've got a, a book with page numbers in it, use the page number for the contract. You know, I'm on page number seven on my day book and it's the year 2021. So my contract is 721. Whatever you want to do, just have some record of your contract. Jonathan, what about arbitrage? Can you explain that, please? Yes, so it's a big word. It just means making sure you're putting the right grain to the right contract for the maximum value. So again, keeping control of all your contracts and having a knowledge of all your contracts. You don't have to fill the first one that you wrote first. You can fill them according to whatever works to your obligation. So if you've got a contract that has a $5 discount to ASW and a contract that's got a $10 discount to ASW, you would obviously look to get the best value out of your grain. So you'd put your ASW against your higher valued contract, your one that minus five, and you put your APW against the other. So it's just looking to say, well, I've got all this grain, I've got all these contracts, where am I going to get the maximum value out of my grain? You know, that's going to be a really important thing to a lot of growers. And there are businesses that do this very efficiently. And when I say business, I mean growers that do it very efficiently. But it's a really important way to understand whenever you're coming to fulfill your contract, make sure you're taking your time and you're doing it right. That kind of measure twice, cut once. 
sort of thing. So if you've got 10 contracts for weight, make sure you have them all lined up and you know which ones you're going to deliver what grain to. So you're going to get the most money back in your pockets. There's a lot of detail, Jonathan, to consider when entering into a contract. What's a good resource for people to go and find out a little bit more? Look, a, look, a wonderful resource is going to the Grain Trade website at graintrade.org.au. Yeah, look, it, it is a wonderful resource. What you'll find on there is you'll find a number of things, particularly around Grain Trade Australia trade rules. Again, you know, a lot of the buyers will refer to these rules in their contracts. Not all of them but a lot will. And when you're familiar with some of these rules, you'll understand what they mean by different terms. You'll understand tolerances. You'll understand destination weights. You'll understand what happens in terms of uh, rejections. You'll understand different contract types. So GTA, in order to ensure smooth trade, have got a number of pro forma contracts that can be used. And um, from a grower point of view, there's probably only two that are really worth mentioning, you know, which is contract number three, which a lot of the trade will base their grower contracts on, and contract number six, which is the grower-based contract as well. The other ones are to do with selling it as a cargo, selling it a track, which is a trade-to-trade business, selling it in containers and so on. But I think understanding what the basis of those trade rules are will be quite important for some growers and very important if something goes wrong. So that web address again is graintrade.org.au, a great resource there to delve into and find out a lot more information from. Jonathan Wilson, a lot of information there to help cut through the fog of entering into a contract and thank you for joining me in the GPSA studio. No worries. The information presented in this podcast is general in nature only and does not constitute legal, financial or investment advice. Listeners should seek professional advice relevant to their individual circumstances before making any decisions. While every effort has been made to ensure the information in this podcast is correct at the time of publication, we do not warrant, guarantee or accept any liability arising from its accuracy, reliability or completeness.